0: Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. Well, it's good to see you all. Hope you had a wonderful uh, uh, summer so far. Good to see you. We had a great time in Michigan with my family. Um, Those who've been praying for my father, uh, he begins radiation on mouth uh, cancer uh, this coming week. Um, he needs a miracle. That's what he needs. But he is upbeat and trusting in God. And, uh, and that is all we can hope for. And I appreciate those of you who continue to pray for him. Um, and so I would appreciate that. Thank you so much uh, for thinking. Amen. Well, why don't we do this when we pray and gear up for the message this morning. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you are the God who breaks through. Lord, there are places, Lord, throughout the earth, God, that are experiencing, Lord, a breakout of darkness. And, Lord, we know that you are the hope for our world. Lord, I, I sense, God, that you're calling us as your church, Father, to really dig in deep, Lord, a season of prayer, Lord, a season, Lord, of getting where we need to be, Lord, in these times. Father, really get that sense, Father, that you're shaking us. And I pray that, Lord, this shaking would produce, Lord, deeper roots. Lord, that we would find a place. Lord, that we would get on the path. Lord, not only, God, for our own safety, God, for our own well-being, but, Lord, for the hope of the nations. That the gospel, Lord, would not be held back from being preached in the nations. Lord, we don't know where we are on the prophetic clock as we kind of joke about it, but the truth is, Lord, you, you know, and where you need to find us, God is in the field, serving, working, joyfully, looking up occasionally, but Lord, busy with what you've called us to do, and we thank you today, bless your word, Father, open our hearts to hear what God is speaking, what you are speaking to us today, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, I want to talk to you about the way forward Okay, I want to talk about you finding a vision for your life, and this is something that I've been thinking about for several weeks now. And uh, we'll come back. I've got one last sermon that I want to do out of the book of J- Judges that I will do a little later. But this, in the light of expand and some of the things we're getting ready to do as we as we really turn the corner and get out of the kind of the lazy days of summer as we gear up for the fall and in the harvest season. I feel it's important that we as a church begin to clarify our vision, okay? Clarify what it is that God has called us to do. And in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, a very well-known verse, but I want to start with that. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. King James. Probably the most common and probably familiar uh, uh, interpretation of Scripture, and I'll come back to that. In the NIV, it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction, okay? Gets a little deeper there, gives us a different facet of this truth, and I want to talk about both of them here just briefly. But it talks about without vision, folks, we diminish, truth we're going to diminish without a vision for our life both just in the natural but even more so in the spiritual it may take years and so we might live a life that never reaches its full potential you know there's a lot of talk about that and and and, and you know a lot of books that are written about that pressing us pushing us to find our potential and you you know, folks, usually as they come into the fall of their life and the, the golden years of their life, what you find many times is a lot of regret. I think it would be safe to say that many people do not reach that potential, in fact. However, it is God's heart that we try. The parable of the talents teaches us that the Father is looking for stewardship of not only of our gifts, but of our whole life. We've heard that preached. I've taught it. I know Jamie's taught it. Talking about those talents. So we're given three, five, ten. Whatever it is that God has given to us, that we are good stewards with what God has given to us, that we're aware of what God has given to us, and that what we use, that for the furtherance of his kingdom. Of course, that's, uh, that's the heart of God. And Jesus makes that point very clear. He says, look. This is what God has given to you. And you need to steward it well because he's going to be asking you about it. If we look at both of these translations that I had up there, we see a a fairly broad perspective. It talks about the people perishing. And we can begin to die off uh, if we lose our way. And there there is a lot of truth there. I've seen that in my own life. Have you seen that in in your life as well? That when you begin to kind of lose a sense of God's visionary purpose for your life when you begin to drift away from what you know is your call and your purpose there you you find yourself dying in a way it's a little scary it brings a a kind of death that begins to grow and and, and again uh it may take a long time it's not like it's going to be instantaneous death it's it's really like a a dying a slow death It also talks about people casting off restraint, and this is an interesting, you know, translation because it connects to the last part of the verse, and that is the Word of God. This verse connects vision and the Word. The Word has the prophetic revelation that we need to fulfill our deeply divine inspired purpose. In other words, because you might be sitting there thinking, well, David, you know, I'm I'm not sure I know what that divine purpose is. I'm not sure I know exactly what it is that God has called me to be and to do. Well, you can discover that. But what we find out in this verse is it says that people are gonna cast off restraint. It says where there is no revelation. It makes that very clear. It's not just vision, but in NIV, it makes it very specific that this is not just a vision, but it's the vision that comes from the heart of God. And we're gonna talk about that this Sunday and next Sunday. We're going to talk about this vision. You see, I I, I see an image of a person who is moving through a wilderness. But if you know you lose your direction, you know, if you lose that sense of direction, you're going to get lost real quick, aren't you? I mean, I've been in that situation. I remember, um, Wayne, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, I was up in the northern Michigan woods, and, and I went out there and And I just thought I knew exactly where I was. It was 40 acres of swampland up in northern Michigan. It was a family uh, area. And so I just took off right out. And I just said, you know, I, I know which direction is which. Man, I wasn't in five minutes into that woods. I was lost as an Easter egg, man. I was lost. I didn't know which direction was which. I was listening. Finally, I fired off my gun for the rest of the guys who came along just laughing. You know... And you know what happens when you get lost? You kind of panic, don't you? And when you panic, you be, it makes it worse. And I love watching those survivor shows. I, I know you do too. You know, and that's one of the things they tell you. First of all, man, if you feel like you're getting lost, what do you do? Stop. Don't move. Because what happens, you start to panic and you start going in different directions and you make it worse. And that happens, I mean, you look at that in our life, you see a lot of parallels, don't you? We start to panic in our life, <clears throat> and we start to try to fill our lives up with things that will help us find our way, none of it being God, of course, whether it be alcohol, or drugs, or relationships, money, more stuff, whatever it might be, all of that just makes us more and more lost. So many of us are tempted to just live and embrace what comes our way. i will get into that in just a little second here, but but... That would be like aimlessly moving through this wilderness of life, just hoping a spring or a road is just around the corner, something that will help us to mark our path and say, okay, oh, okay, I know know where I am now. But, you know, sticking with our analogy, by using a map, we're looking for signs, we're being more intuitive and disciplined, and it's going to bring us a greater success of achieving what we hope for, which is to be found, which is... To get out of the woods or to find, to get back to what we wanted in the woods for the, in the first place. And in our life, so many of us we start off with an idealistic vision. We we've got a hope, but we don't really come prepared. Getting back to our verse, it says, where there is no revelation, where, where there is nothing from God to direct your life without that roadmap, I you're guaranteed to get lost. Guaranteed. And yet, sometimes in our youthful zeal, we think we can find our own way, maybe just through pride. We think we're going to find it. You know, speaking of hope, so many people come to the end of their lives and they feel regret, as I mentioned earlier, that they didn't accomplish what they had hoped for and hoped that they would accomplish. Often, this is because they failed to plan, failed to think ahead. As the saying goes, if you fail to plan, you are planning to do what? You're planning to fail. Oh, a nice little trite saying, but it's true. A lot of truth there. Certain personality types will translate this differently. Detail thinkers, I like to call them. Detail thinkers are gonna say, yes, preach it, brother. We need more details. We need more planning. And, and I would have to say yes to that, amen. But experience seekers are going to feel constrained. You're going to be like, oh man, back off on the details now. I mean, I love life just taking it as it comes. Rolling down the windows of life and just sticking my head out there and just letting it come. Not realizing you missed a few exits along the way. That's okay, we can just turn around. Just let it come, brother. No worries. Let go and let God. I like that one. The problem is, that we tend uh, to let go of that too much and we drop the map and so we feel abandoned in the end, alone and lost. And that is what is really at stake here because in those two verses, I want to point out one and then it talks about perishing. It talks about death, a spiritual death. Now, we know that you can physically die. It 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 could actually take only just a few hours to die of exposure of not having warmth. You get a little wet, boom, you're going to die. They say, matter of fact, running around in the woods, if it's freezing and you begin to sweat, you're going to die. Pure and simple, and that's what they teach you. If you get wet and it's cold, if you don't have water three days, right? Food, you can go, of course, a lot longer. But I think it kind of, to me, it kind of looks that way. It feels that way for so many of us, is that we're just trying to, we're not living this life necessarily in abundance, we're just kind of seeing how far we can go before we drop. That's not living, folks. That's not the abundant life that Jesus died for you to have. That we just press on in life. Again, just hoping somewhere along the line we're going to be found. And we do, we do. We put a lot more pressure on people. And so in the end, what I have found in, in myself, and I'll use myself as an example. When I go through a period of time when I feel like, especially last year, when, when I got to that place where I just I needed a sabbatical, I needed, to just, I needed to back away and just rediscover a lot of things about myself and about God and so many things. But one of the, you know one of the first emotions I had was to blame everybody else. To find who I could blame. Well, I'm gonna blame the church. Let me find one particular church member to pick on. You know, I joke and have joked over the years that the gray he- the hairs that keep popping up, I can name them after people. <clears throat> but that would be wrong, absolutely wrong. And what I discovered during that time is, you know what, <laughs> that finger only goes one place. Bing, right? And without vision, and keeping that vision alive. Without, without revelation. That revelation it comes from the very heart of God. And it's not just this general revelation, but it's my revelation. It's that rhema word. We'll talk about that. But that, that thing that God needs to speak to me directly. The thing I think we abandon so quickly. The good news, folks, is no matter where you are today, you can get back on track. And that's the beauty. You know, we can be lost as you can ever get, but Jesus can find us instantaneously. And all we have to do is just stop and say, Lord, I'm tired of running, I'm tired of wandering, I'm tired of trying to figure this out on my own, I need a revelation, I need to to find out who I am and who you've called me to be, and I need to make sense of this life because, man, I'm really messing it up. And God says, gladly. We're never too far away from our purpose, never too lost that we can't be found. The only way we can drop the ball at this point, right where we are right now, in some of the things that I've shared with you, is to ignore wisdom when it is spoken for your benefit. You're here today to hear what God is speaking to you. And I'm here to tell you that God is speaking. He loves you. He loves us. And when he speaks... He never wastes a word. Now, we waste a lot of words, and I'm sure I waste a ton. But in the middle of our our humanness, in the middle of all of that, what we find is God is speaking. We're going to talk about that as as well a little bit. In Proverbs chapter 1, it says, The woman, wisdom, sits on the highest point of the city, and she calls aloud, Let all who are lost come here. So wisdom is something that is, what we find in the book of Proverbs is that wisdom is obvious. Wisdom is always there. She is calling out. Sophia, she is calling out wisdom in, uh, in Greek. If she's calling out. She's saying, come on over here. This is where you're going to find life. This is where you're going to find peace and joy. Come on over. Of course, there's many different voices calling out too, right? Many different voices. But wisdom, it says she's calling calling aloud she's not whispering so in the light of that god is calling out to you right now there is a way out of this wilderness of your life there is a place where you can find a path even if you think you know you've got it there's a place god can find you god can bring you to something deeper so many different ways to describe this journey. We can be utterly lost where you are today. God can put you on a path. You could have found a path and been on that path. Since that time, you're wandering around in the same place. God says, it's time to move forward. There's always more. So let's dig a little deeper. You know, I love the Bible. and Of course, you do too. And there's so many Bible characters that we could use to talk about in this, in this sermon, in this series, Really? But I prefer two in particular, and as Joseph and David. What they've learned is so, so very powerful. Both of these men achieved a call, but both had to go through some difficult tests to achieve God's plan. And what I've learned in my own life is that nobody gets the easy plan. <laughs> there is no easy plan. I would love to sign, have signed up for the easy plan. Matter of fact, I thought I was signing up for the easy plan. Didn't get the easy plan. So we can't look at it that way. So there's three questions I have for you today to really be thinking about this coming week. When we talk about vision, okay? And that's how I want to do this. I want to talk about how we can launch into vision in your life and get you back on that path. So if we look at that verse... It says, without a vision that people perish, without revelation. Now, look at the last part of that verse. It says, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom and instruction. Or in in, in the King James, it says, blessed is keep the law, happy is he. In other words, when we get into the word of God, that's where we're going to find it. That is where we're going to find our personal destiny. And we're going to unlock this. We're going to get into this a little deeper. But really, what, when we're talking about revelation, about the word of God, as we kind of sandwich this thing in, is that how do we get that? Because you can just open up the Bible, and just, it's a lot of words. And, and God is speaking to a lot of people. How do we personalize that? And so that, that's my, my first question for you, is what has God said? And determining your own vision and finding that vision for your life, what has God said? How familiar are you with the people of the Bible? Because what you'll find, see, that's why God has put characters in the Bible. We know that. The Bible tells us that. That's why we have all these wonderful stories. So that we can look at these stories and learn. We can learn by their mistakes. And how many knows? How many of you know rather that wisdom is not learning by making my own mistakes? What is it? It's learning from others. <laughs> That's exactly right. And if we could ever get that down, but it's just, in, in other words, to look at life and see, wow, that didn't turn out so well for them. I should heed that. That maybe getting myself in so much debt and what happens to them, maybe I should think about that. But what, what do we all do? We all think, oh, well, it's going to be different for me. It's going to be different for me. Or that we get ourselves into a relationship and we marry, marry an unbeliever or we. We uh, choose a different path, and we can toy with different things. We know the scripture makes it really clear that those are dangerous uh, things. Even to the point where Paul says that um, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. And there are certain things in life that you, as a Christian, and I, as a Christian, we can do, and we're free to do. But it doesn't mean they're going to produce good things for us, or the best, even the best things. That's 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 taking it up a notch. So what has God said? It really means we need to become more literate of what God teaches in his, in his word. It's important that you know what God is saying in Scripture to his people. See, we, when I mean becoming more literate of the Scripture, what, can I just give it from a, a general point of view? And that is we need to know what the message of the whole Bible is. Do you know what the message of the whole Bible is? There's so many Christians who don't. And what they think is, well, isn't it about prosperity? Isn't it about me getting all that God wants me to have? No. It has nothing. I mean, it has something to do with that, but that's not the point. The Bible is a love letter to mankind. You lost it all. I've gotten it back for you. Today, choose my solution in my son. The book is about redemption from beginning to end. Okay. It's about that when we finish it that we take it and we set it down and we say I got to tell somebody about this. I can't be the only one walking around knowing this wonderful stuff. There it is. Do we know? Do we live it? The Bible is God's wonderful revelation to man. He sets the general direction for us when we read through scriptures what we find is well look if it's not all about me what is it it's all about me sharing the good news well how do i do that in other words when i begin to read the scripture and what is god telling me what has god said well that's my message too if god told the early church go and make disciples that hasn't changed nothing has changed that is our message that is our vision What has God said? What he said is, go, make disciples. He said, you know, become the kind of believer, become the kind of envisioned human being as much as you possibly can. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the truth of the word of God, and go and change the world in my name. It's the Bible. That's what he's speaking. Look, there's not a single one of you in this room that, that, that he's not speaking that to. He doesn't say, okay, everybody in the whole world except Jamie. Now, Jamie's got a different path. He's not what he's saying. I mean, Jamie knows that. That's why I'm picking on. him. You heard him preach it. Absolutely. See, it covers the path, what it will look like, how to get on it, and how to stay on it. See what has God said? He said, "Now go and make disciples, but he also talks about maintenance. A lot of the scripture's about that too. In other words, there's a lot in the Bible that helps us maintain this, this, this life so that we can continue to be fruitful. And that, I, I call you know, losing the forest for the trees, that a lot of times we do get into the, the minutia, you know the, the smaller parts of Scripture when in reality, we, we, we can't forget the overall picture. God wants me to be healthy spiritually so that I can be salt and light. Okay? Pure and simple. That's what he's speaking to every single one of us. Now, we're all unique. We all have different parts of who we are. There's no doubt about it. And so that's why there's so many wonderful stories of past followers that we can look at. Male and female. You know, introvert, extrovert. Personality types. The way you grow up and, and, and whether you came from poverty or whether you came from riches. Or what, I mean, name your circumstance. It's in there. You can find somebody in Scripture that you can relate to and, and get on their journey. And there's going to be wisdom. There's going to be life. There's going to be a wonderful example for you to help you move forward. And going back to that verse, what I love about where it says uh, where there's no revelation, revelation really, this is where the King James doesn't really cut it. Because vision kind of speaks to it a little bit, but revelation goes a little deeper than what I think is more, more biblical. In other words, that it's prophetic. It's prophetic. It's not just words, but these are inspired words. That are for you, that are for me, that are going to come alive, that when you read them, you're going to be like, whoa, man, God, you're speaking to me. I I sense this is for me. Has that ever happened to you? You're reading through the Bible, and you're just going, whoa, this is is a little freaky, because I was just praying this, or I was just asking God about this, and all of a sudden, wow, then the verse is just right there. Out of the the thousands of verses you could have read. There it is. Isn't that amazing? I got me some water here. <clears throat> the second question. So first of all, you need to ask yourself, what has God said? And what, how does that relate to me? Number two, what is God saying to you? God is a personal God. David, in Psalm 139, discovered a very personal connection with God. He says, you know me. This is what David is saying. He says, God, you know me. And God knows you. and He knows me. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, I know the plans I have for you, a hope and a future. A hope and a future? That sounds very personal to me. (laughs) A hope, a future that is specific. Absolutely. So what is he saying to you? That is where the prophetic part comes in as well. If not, more intensely. that God has a specific message, a specific plan for your life. Discovering that should be the foremost occupation of your life. Now, you might have a, a vocation where you're earning money to be able to carry out and to live and to eat and to breathe and to take care of the little ones that God gives you. But the, the, the biggest occupation of your life is to seek out what it is that God has called you specifically to do and how you are to use the resources that he's given you. The influence. Daniel finds himself closely you know, on the chopping block, you know, throwing Daniel in here, on the chopping block, only to find himself dramatically placed in world events. And he could have said, wow, man, that was close shave. All the rest of my Jew buddies are all dead. But now I'm sitting here second most powerful in the world. Great for me. Good for me. I'll write a book and make millions. How I did it. But Daniel didn't see it that way, did he? No, he said, for such a time as this, of course, that was... uh, the lady. Thank you, Esther. But Daniel too, for such a time as this, God put him in that wonderful position so that he could be a part of God's what? Redemptive plan to save God's people. There it is over and over again. So has God put you in a place of, of position? Has God put you in a place of, 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 uh, opportunity, whatever it is? Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't have to be grandiose, it doesn't have to be public, it can be a one-on-one thing. I'm sitting at a gas station, you know? We all do it, we're traveling, and you're in a hurry, right? And that's the way I am. I'm like, okay, look, you got 1.25 minutes to go to the bathroom, go. Kids are scurrying. So I'm over there pumping, watching the clock, okay, man, this is too slow, too slow, Over there, a guy's sitting there, his hood is up, and I'm noticing, and I'm trying not to notice it, (laughs) trying not to notice what's going on there, Jamie, but I hear it, you know, and I'm going, oh, man, well, there goes my plans, so I walk up, hey, man, what's going on? He says, man, it started up this morning, and I said, you got a dead battery, buddy, And because I checked his connections, I said, um. So I brought him over. I I got the car over and gave him a jump because he had some cables. Good for him. And uh, started him up, and I said, look. I looked at him. I said, dude, do not get on the interstate. I said, there's an advance auto right down there. I said, go buy yourself a battery. Do it. He goes, I'm going to. I'll do it. I said, look, you're going to mess up my vacation. You better listen to what I'm telling you. I'm giving you some counsel. You better take it. Anyway opportunity, opportunity to just love somebody, bless somebody, to be the hand of God, uh, 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 you know, a little bit of salvation just for that little moment. Poor guy could see the look on his face and we've all been there. I said, no, man, I'm gonna help him out. All right, thirdly, how is he saying it? Okay, how is he saying it? His word, the written word, his voice, that still small voice, the servants that God places in your life, the circumstances that come and go. And I even wrote down here, even his donkeys. God brought some donkeys into your life, people you'd never expect, people you might not even like that will resist you. Balaam was going to go and do something that was not in the heart of God. And God brought up that donkey to get in his way. And sometimes God provides donkeys for us to get in our way because man, we are heaven bent on doing something for God, and he's saying, That's not my will at all. And I need to shut this down. And yet we push and we push and we push. So how is he saying it? What is, you know, is he is he speaking it through the word? So what has God said? What is what has he said to to the in the past to his his people? What is he saying to you specifically? And how is he saying it? To verify all of that. So let me ask you some other questions that gets, gets you thinking. What do you want for your life? What do you really want for your life? Because this is what more we're going to talk about. Because we really can't talk about vision and about our lives specifically without God. We've got to have God. God is a part of all of that. And that's how you're going to know that your vision is a God vision. Because everything else is just fantasy. And fantasy is going to lead to death. It might be exciting for a time. It might take you on the, what we call riding the dragon. But in the end, it goes up in a puff of smoke. But Finding out what it is that God has said. So what do you want for your life? I love this verse. uh, Psalm 37, verse 4, it says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that a great verse? I mean, that is so freeing. And I remember some of the first revelations that I had in my own life when I first gave my life to Christ, and God found me in the middle of of a lot of things that were going on in my life, and, and there were certain things my because I had a certain direction of where I wanted to go and what I wanted to be, and that all got interrupted. It just got turned upside down. And I found this verse. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I thought, wow, the desires of my heart? God is interested in that? Because see, I was under the impression that this big God was gonna come along and put me into, forced as a bondservant, and just do whatever he wanted me to do. With the whip, David, drive on. But then I realized, but that's not who our God is. I mean, that's, that's another God who we hear in the news all the time. But not Jesus. He wants to give us the desires of our heart. And what is neat is how, where does that come from? It's right there in the verse. When we delight ourselves in God, it begins to grow out of that. We delight ourselves in God. We love him. And all of a sudden, out of that comes a desire to have a godly marriage, to raise up godly kids, to have a job that's meaningful and feeling like not only is it it a vocation, but it's also a ministry, that I'm doing something for God, even in the midst of what one person might find mundane. Mundane. First couple of jobs I had, people just, I mean, would stop me and say, What what is it with you? I was bussing tables at Chi Chi's. And man, I would walk in, I would spend the first 30 minutes just saying, Lord, I'm I'm looking for someone to share the gospel with today. I don't care who it is, whether it be a a waitress or whether it be one of my fellow, uh, you know, bus boys. Lord, just give me an opportunity. And I tell you, as I prayed for it, God gave me opportunity after opportunity. Bussing tables. Messing with people's dirty, nasty plates. And man, I, you, man, you know, we have to clean up all the mess now. They called me the vomit boy because I was the only one that would clean it up. Boy, that messed up your lunch, didn't it? Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, God can use all of it, all of it. But desires of your heart, man, take the light in God. See, God is going to speak to us. And God is going to refine that. And what we're going to find here is that God has a corporate vision and God has an individual vision. Some of this we've already talked about. And I I think Jamie's kind of hit on this. We call it your team purpose, a corporate vision, your team purpose. See, guess what? God has called you out, Ecclesia, right, Jamie? He called us out, but for why? For a purpose. He didn't just call us out so that we could be the only one that's special and be a lone wolf to be a lone, you know, lone ranger. Not at all. He called us to be on a team, and we got a team purpose. In other words, th- that, that one part of that, our purpose, won't make sense without the rest of the team. And that's important to know. Absolutely important. Too many Christians don't embrace it. It doesn't come to life. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, you won't experience victory. You know, when a team wins, the whole team rejoices. Not one of those team players could win without the others. Just couldn't do it. Some of them think they can, but they won't. So where do you see yourself in the church? God is speaking. His call is on you. And then we talk about the individual vision. What has God called you to specifically do? God's call generally grows out of a burden out of gifting. It takes wisdom to know what you, know, what you are you know, gifted to do and what you're not, and we can help you with that. But more importantly, it's got to come from the very heart of God. And next week, I want to talk about how to see it. Because I just want to give you a, a little glimpse of that. I wanted to have a wonderful marriage. I knew that before I came anywhere near a female. When I gave my life to Christ, I wanted to reset, and I said, I want a wonderful marriage. I didn't grow up with that, that as a good example, just to be honest with you, in, in our home, okay? It wasn't exemplified, but I said, you know what? I want a wonderful marriage. I want a great marriage. And so what did I do? I asked God for it. I started there. It was a desire of my heart And then I went back. Because first of all, I'm believing that God put that in there. And I said, okay, how's God saying it? What is God saying? Well, certainly, the Bible said, said it's good for a man to have a wife. I said, okay, boom. It's on the Bible. Then I began to just cry out for him. I said, and I began to visualize it. Okay, I'm getting into next week. But anyway, I began to see it. I began to see it. And then what's important about seeing it is what? You'll know when it shows up. That's important. That's so important. Talk more about that next week. But finding your gifts is so, so incredibly key because being a mediocre manager when you're really a wonderful salesperson is what, you know, so many people experience. They're not in their right place, you know? And th- that can be a lot, we see that a lot in life. Unfortunately, we like to say a lot about it, well, man, that person's in the wrong spot, and that's not our place to say that. But in the kingdom of God, we actually have an opportunity to fix that. You may be a person that has a a real need, you know, a desire to help others, you know? How does that express? Or you got a gift of administration, You, you like details, you like fixing things, you like being a part of the process. Where does that come into play? See, finding what you're made to do, it's not easy, but it definitely starts with God. It starts with him. So, how do we get there? Well, there's this one word that we don't like to talk about much, but it's, it's called discipline. And, you know, that's a cuss word for most Christians. It really is. We don't like to hear discipline because we like the scriptures on life. We like the scriptures on freedom. We love the delighting in God. But there, there is that time where we have to take and find out what that vision is. And then we have to say, you know what? Come heaven or high water, I'm not leaving that path. Okay? We have to know what it is it's God calling us to do. And we cannot leave that road until he's fulfilled it. That's where greatness comes from. That's where awesome things in God come from. Now earlier I said, you know, you heard me say, well God can find you anywhere you know, where you are in the wilderness and you all said amen. But since what, I've, <laughs> since what I've said recently, that amen's a little weaker. I can see it on your faces. You're just like, Oh, man, you had to bring all that stuff up? Because, see, that is the wilderness. A marriage is a wilderness. Your kids are the wilderness. Your job is the wilderness. What you do day in and day out, the struggles and the battles and the stuff you have, that's the wilderness. But God can help you through any and all of that, and you've got to believe that with all your heart. But it requires getting a hold of God and finding out what it is that he wants you to do and setting your heart upon it and not being moved or shaken until you see it come to pass. You know, Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, verse 21, a very powerful example of what I'm sharing with you. Here is Jesus has got a purpose. (laughs) He's got a purpose, does he not? A divine purpose. But it doesn't come to fruition until he's, what, 30 years old? So he's kind of toying that, he's working through, kind of like, okay, how's this all going I mean, he's 12 years old, he's teaching Pharisees. And yet, you know, he, the Spirit of God is saying, not yet, not yet. He's just waiting, waiting, waiting. It's all in him to happen. Well, on one particular day, he stands up. It's in church. And everybody's just, you know, oh, oh, oh. oh Jesus, Jesus is gonna get up there? Oh, cool, he's gonna read the word today. He's always good, don't you love that guy? He's good, yeah. But he gets up there and he reads on this particular day. And he reads from Isaiah the prophecy of who he is. The prophecy of raising the dead, becoming the Messiah. (laughs) And in in Luke chapter 4, 21, it it tells you what happens. He gets up there and he reads that prophecy and he goes like this. Today, this, this prophecy is fulfilled in your hearing. And they all just look at him. What did he say? He says, and you know, uh, Benjamin gets thumped as Martha hits him and just says, did you hear what he just said? He had a vision. He had a call. And that moment came when he said to everyone else, today it is being fulfilled. We see in the life of Jesus a focus unlike no, none, none other. For 30 years, waiting, 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 waiting for the time. And then he knew. He recognized it. Now's the my time. Today, this begins. Powerful. Powerful. God's going to give us those Luke four twenty one moments. But are we willing to wait for them? Are we willing to cultivate them? How would Jesus know what Isaiah was saying was about him unless he had meditated on it? Unless he knew from the earliest age this is me, this is me. Whether it be your marriage, whether it be your life, whether it be wherever you are, wherever God has called you to be, whatever it is in your life, he's got a dream, he's got a vision that unless you have it, you're going to perish. You're going to wander. You're going to be lost and alone and abandoned. You're going to find yourself wanting to blame others for that when none of that is true none of it it all comes back to you finding what it is that god has called you to do and focusing with a with that eye that cannot be shaken and letting god bring it to fruition when that time comes and that might be a whole lot sooner than you think a whole lot sooner so let's stand up this morning We want to ask God, you know, it's, it's interesting on this whole vision thing that lately God has been speaking to me in prophetic ways that I haven't experienced in a long, long time or if ever. And so I think God's getting ready to do some amazing things here at Valley when it comes to uh, the releasing of people. And I'm I'm so excited about that because, I I, I mean, so many things are coming together right now for us as a church and and I hope you're ready for it. But I want to pray for you today because I really sense that God wants to release you. He wants to release some hope. You know, Paul said that after all the hubbub in the church, he said, these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. That's really what we need to be focusing on. And so I want to pray over those, those three things over us this morning so they will propel us into the vision that god has for us amen let's bow our heads if i could have the prayer teams please come at this time and, and we're going to take a moment to pray right now but then at the end if you have a need for healing if you have a need for anything in your life perhaps you're here today and you're not for certain that if you died tonight that you would go to heaven You know what? The Bible says that these things are written that you might know that you have eternal life. The Bible is given to us so there would be confidence. These folks would love to pray for you so that you can settle that issue today. But Lord, for all of us right now, God, we want to come to you. We know that you're speaking. Your word tells us that, God, you're constantly speaking. Men fail to perceive it. Lord, I pray that you'd refine our ears in these days. Open our eyes. Lord, let the spiritual senses that you have placed in us and that are brought forward and refined by the Holy Spirit, Lord, let them be refined in these days, right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we'd see clearer than we've ever seen. That we'd hear your word better than we've ever heard it. That, Lord, new desires, new delights would begin to grow inside our hearts. That are kingdom things. Things we never saw, thought we could ever do. Perhaps starting small and growing. But, Lord, for us to be the kind of people you've called us to be, Lord, we need to be a people full of vision, full of faith, aware, disciplined, focused. So Lord, we ask you to come wherever we are. All across this room, there are some of you today, you know, despair is knocking at your door. And God says, don't answer it. (laughs) Don't answer it. It's nobody. But there is one who's standing in your house, in your soul right now, as Jesus He's the hope of the nations. He's your hope. He's your life. He is your focus. He is your purpose. Delight yourself in him. Delight yourself in him. Lord Jesus, we love you. We're just going to do that right now. We love you. We just embrace you right now. If you were here, we'd give you the biggest hug, and we wouldn't let go. We love you. We're grateful for you. May we grow in delight in these days. And so that, Lord, we would grow in vision and purpose. Lord, I pray that you remove from us, Lord, all those things that would, Lord, hinder our appetite. God, that that would steal that delight away. Let us focus our eyes on the one who loves us. May we not have wandering eyes, Lord. Adulterous eyes but, Lord, to focus our our eyes on the one who loves us, the one who died for us, the one who's committed to us. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we're grateful. I pray that you'd seal this word in our hearts, God, that over this next week, God, that we would find revelation just jumping out of the pages. Lord, we would find, Lord, we would study David and Joseph, God, preparing, God, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. We thank you today. Amen. Amen. If you'd like prayer this morning from one of our prayer teams, again, if you want to give your life to Christ, please come forward and let them pray with you. We've got something for you would like you to have. Also a prayer for healing or a difficulty or even in relationship to the message today. If you'd like more prayer, please come. And please see one of our pastors in the Connection Center. God bless. You have a great day.